0: your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore.
1: Dipsy offers a modern approach to romance through high quality and captivating audio fiction. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to DipsyStories.com slash Just Break Up.
0: That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A Stories.com slash Just Break DipsyStories.com slash Just Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMulder.
1: And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like reclaiming your time, your girlfriend's closet, building confidence in a judgmental world, and healing even when it's hard. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we have no qualifications to do this (laughs) podcast. (laughs)
0: Not even a little. We're English majors. We don't know what we're talking about. We're on our own little like mental health wellness journey. Sam has only read 15 to 20 pages of Brene Brown. Oh,
1: but they were so good. (laughs) Just like life affirming, but also challenging, you know? exactly.
0: And I have like 30 self-help books on my shelf that... Are doing really good, just sitting there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And being uncracked open. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're all just here working on ourselves together. This is all to say, please take our advice as you see fit. We're just here to offer our humble advice to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. Welcome to episode thirty-six. 30- six. <laughs> I almost said five. I almost said five, but it's six. Yeah, well, thirty-six.
1: I can understand.
0: Yeah. Why?
1: Because we've just been recording a lot of podcasts.
0: (laughs) Um, So it's episode 36, and today I want to hearken back to uh, our check-in topic from episode 4. No way. Way. Wow. 32 episodes ago. Jeez um, Louise. (laughs) I know. Isn't that wild? Um, 32 episodes ago in episode 4, we talked about bisexuality and queerness and what is it like to be um, bisexual and what is it like to have that constantly questioned by everyone in the world, (laughs) always, including yourself. Um, And if you haven't listened to that episode, I encourage you to go back. It's honestly still one of my favorite episodes that we've done this entire time. Um, And yeah, I wanted to talk about bisexuality again because um, something really interesting happened to me a couple weeks ago i was like i was doing like a comfort day with a friend who was Mm -hmm. like going through a hard time so we just needed to like eat shitty food and watch trashy tv and i and she is gay and i was like oh my god have you ever seen the l word right yeah yeah, but mm -hmm. she's 10 years younger than me and she was like uh it's just like a little dated for me (laughs) I mean,
1: she's not wrong. Uh, I know,
0: but that's part of the charm and also back off. (laughs) But anyway, so I was like, oh, my God. okay." have you seen The Real L Word, which is for those of you out there who don't know, is a short lived like five or four season long Showtime reality TV show about lesbians living in Los Angeles. (laughs) It's, It's just as good as you think it would be. Um and just as bad, yeah, I bet, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But I will say there's some really hot, like there's more nudity and sex in it shown than any other reality TV show I've ever seen on Bravo. Oh, so wow, Housewives got nothing on this. <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway, okay, so uh, I, we watch a trashy episode of the real L word and it's comforting and it's ju- juicy and it's everything that you want it to be. But that made me that night go and I used to follow some of them on Instagram a couple mm. years ago, and I don't anymore because I just lost interest. But I, I started like looking at some of the characters, and one of them, a woman who on the show got married to a woman, and also at the same time had kind of like gotten to a spat with another one of the girls for marrying a guy, mm. um, is now pregnant. Oh, with her boyfriend. Oh, yeah. So it was one of those like. <laughs> okay, and everybody on the internet and all these ignorant people are commenting like I thought you were a lesbian, you're obviously like lying this whole time um uh, I can't I have to unfollow you now because you're not gay and you're sleeping with a dude mm. okay and all these like hundreds of thousands of comments are like attacking this pregnant woman <laughs> <laughs> and but but why I wanted to talk about it on the show was that I. Felt that age old by shame, like rear its ugly head in me, mm-hmm. in a, in the most ugly way. Which was, I I looked at the pictures of this pregnant woman and thought, "See, you're not real. I am." Hmm. And that, and this is a moment of like accountability for me because I I felt that moment for an instant, and then I like unpacked it, and and felt what I'm about to talk about. But for a moment, it was like. I think that there's this weird pack mentality around, around identity or whatever we find feel safe in that we want to be secure in ourselves, secure in our identity, secure in our understanding of the world, so much so that we we lash out against other people because it makes us feel safer and more secure. Yep. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And, and so for a moment, I was like, I, I felt that internalized like, biphobia, internalized homophobia in me being like, oh, of course you're sleeping with a man. And I just want to, like, call myself out on public podcasts (laughs) in front of 5,000 listeners or however many we have yeah, and say, like, that is the product of constantly being told that A, sexuality is concrete and not fluid. Mm -hmm. B, that all bisexual people are slutty um, fakers, Mm -hmm. right, who just can't choose and that sort of led me down the rabbit hole of just again, like reaffirming my identity, reaffirming who I am, um, reaffirming that all of the people I've ever loved and slept with, um, it, like on an intimate level, I have loved truly, no matter what their body looked like. And and I think it's just I think why I wanted to bring this topic back up is I thought it w- I think it's so wild that I can have a lived experience and still doubt myself because of these ingrained cultural ideas about what sexuality is and what it isn't and what bisexuality is and isn't Mm -hmm. and yeah I don't know can you talk about like your understanding of bisexuality before now I guess (laughs) before this stage of your understanding because I'm still I am bi and I I am unpacking some of it still you know
1: yeah I think um I think for a long time, I just like conflated the experiences of bi people and gay people. Um, Because like when my friend was dating a dude who was bisexual, um, the dude he was dating would always say, like would ask my friend questions about like, what is this like for you as a gay man? And both of us would be like, you know, like you're bi, like you understand, you're like part of this community. Um, But like looking back, I'm like, no, he has a very different experience from me and merrick who are like gay
0: 100 percent,
1: and um and like are part of a gay community like we so you like saying... watch drag race and we like go right. to the bar to watch it like we grew up you know like we found our identity like going to gay spaces and like being around other gay people and like that wasn't his experience because he also dated women and so like Went out to different bars, uh and so like. So he was had saying he couldn't claim that right. full
0: understanding. Yeah.
1: And like it was um
0: and you guys push back against that. You're like, uh no yeah, you without
1: can. understanding his experience would be different than ours. Totally. And like that conflation, like like that is by erasure, right? right? That erases the experience of by people.
0: That's so funny. It's not funny at all, but like it's so <laughs> unique that that is from the other way around because we we always see it with women, mm-hmm. especially women in queer relationships that that um go back to get dating men and isn't it fucked up that I just said go back? Uh-huh. Isn't that so fucked up? <laughs> God, I fucking uh-huh. <laughs> Okay, I'm so glad we're talking about this today because this is just so much shit inside me to unpack. Um And I had this revelation the other day uh, that like, because you are with the, I I just want to say this out loud as a statement of truth, like because you are in love and or with a partner that is of the same gender as you does not mean you are gay. Yeah, right. And I think that is a a law of nature or like the opposite of that, like assuming that like we get lumped into these things, um, like you were saying, uh, is why we have such a hard time as a society understanding um, bisexuality. Or I should I just want to clarify when I say bisexuality, I'm kind of including queerness mm-hmm. um, or the umbrella term. Uh, I'll, I'll end by talking about the word bisexual really quickly and what it means to me. Um, but I, I think our our understanding of queerness I feel like we want it to be all or nothing, mm-hmm. and anything in the middle or anything that changes, you know, it's like it 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 throws our understanding in the world, and and I have to humble myself and remember people want to understand because they want to feel safe, yep. and and when people don't understand, they feel. Unease or attacked or or unstable. Yep. And and so I get that, but I even have to do work in my own life. It was amazing. It was um. It was amazing that the other day I was like doing dishes, and I was thinking to myself, right now I am in a relationship with a woman. I love this woman. I can see myself building a future with this person. Like we are actively working to be together in the future. Mm-hmm. And I I'm not gay. Like I could marry this woman. I could have a wife and not be gay. And I think yep. I just want to say that out loud to the public to help shift that inner whatever that we hold on to. Yep. And I think that's important. I think that representation is so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing I want to say about bisexual is that uh, when I've talked about bisexuality before, like on Twitter, I had a little um, not pushback, but like conversation with a couple of folks about how bisexual is inherently binary, yep. that even though it it represents this huge that this middle ground this this um shapeless bubble in between um heterosexual and and straight um bisexual is in, inherently implies that there are only two genders when right. there are multiple genders there are multiple gender expressions yep. and i use the word bisexual because that is the one i i identify most with i think because of my not because of my lived experience, but because of how I grew up with that word. And mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is I have had relationships or sexual encounters with folks who don't identify on the gender binary. Yep. It's just I, the word queer. I relate to it as a community. I'm a part of a queer community, but I myself, I feel bisexual, not because I'm related or I'm related to, <laughs> not because I am attracted to just the two genders. It, yep. To me, it's like two genders plus, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a plus there, yep. um, and that I that I am attracted to the the full gamut of uh, human expression. Yeah. Right? So just wanted to go on that little rant. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was good.
0: Yeah. I hit me up online if you relate to any of this or if this was like empowering to you. I, I just feel like at this time of my life, I'm still having these revelations and unpacking some shame and and. And I'm still working on validating my own self, right? Yep. And I'm in this wonderful, happy, same-sex relationship. And I'm, and I'm realizing these things about myself still. So yeah. I hope this brings some comfort to some folks out there right now. Absolutely. Cool. Great. Let's get into the letters. So
1: our first letter comes from Anita D., who is writing from Texas.
0: <laughs> okay. First of all, if that is not your real name. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> no, no, no. If that is your real name, I'm really sorry. But if it's not your real name, I literally explicitly said, don't make us say anything stupid like I need a dick <laughs> on the on the submission form, which is at JustBreakUpPod.com, by the way. <laughs>
1: That's right. Uh, so Anita writes, hey, Sam and Sierra, I have been with my boyfriend, John, for about a year. Before we started dating, we had been best friends for about 10 years, so he knows me very well, and he has an intimate knowledge of my past relationships. He has always had feelings for me, but I was in a long-term relationship with another man, Benjamin, during that time. Benjamin and me broke up in 2016, and I was absolutely devastated. John and me started dating about four months later. I was upfront with John from the beginning. I told him I still had feelings for D- Benjamin, and that it was over between us, and I was ready to move forward and start a relationship with John. I told him that I'd be open and honest about the entire situation, and if he felt like he didn't want to be with me, then I understood. He said he wanted to be with me, he'd always loved me, and he was excited we finally had our chance. Of course, it didn't work out that way. He got jealous of Benjamin and constantly brought him up. He would constantly say how he felt like he could never compare, how he knew I was using him until Benjamin came back, etc. This naturally led to a lot of fighting, bitterness, and resentment, which ultimately ended with John dumping me on Christmas Day at my parents' house. Ouch. After taking a few days to cool off, I tried to get back together with John. He told me he still loved me and wanted to have a future with me, but he couldn't get he couldn't be with me right now. He told me he wanted to get back together one day though and basically asked me to wait for him. He said he should con- he said we should continue to work on our relationship and I should take the time to get over ben- Benjamin. Since then, he has continued to talk to me daily as if we never broke up. Nothing really changed. A few days ago, I brought it up. I told him I respected that he felt like he couldn't be with me due to the insecurities about my past relationship. But it isn't fair for him to break up with me, then ask me to wait for him. I told him I felt like he was stringing me along and I either needed to be together or have closure so I could move on. He said the fact that I couldn't wait that I wouldn't wait, showed our relationship never meant anything to me, and that he never wanted to get back together again. I know this is confusing, but I'm honestly devastating. I lost my boyfriend and best friend, and I have no idea what to do. I don't think it's fair for him to leave me in that gray space waiting for him, but is that my only option? Am I being crazy? Is that a normal request? I don't know what to do. Any advice?
0: Ah, Anita. Thanks, Anita. This is uh, a really great letter. It's really important that you're asking all these questions. And you know what? All this confusion and devastation is totally valid. Because mm-hmm. I think this man, who was your really close friend for so long, is crossing some extreme boundaries in Absolutely. this. And and the boundaries are um, on you. The boundaries are how he can treat you. Mm-hmm. I want Before we dive into this letter, Sam, I want to talk about what you think about the concept of... of waiting for people specifically when it's like requested of the the breaker upper
1: yeah that's bullshit sorry
0: (laughs) well i want to i'm trying to think of an instance in which that's not a power play right
1: that is a like hold up here wait a minute i'm gonna see what else is happening over here and then like Decide if I want you, as opposed to what else could possibly be out there. I
0: agree, but I I also think it could be even simpler. It like it. I don't think it instantly in, um, triggers other people to me. Even though I think you're totally right. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's also like let me work on myself, and it's a power play. It's let me work on myself and do whatever I want, take as long as I want on myself, do yep. that important work, which is important, no doubt. But you have to stay. You're you're like up next, right? You're up. What is the sports reference? Oh God!
1: You are on on deck. deck. Yes, we are athletes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so like you're constantly on deck, but you know what you can't you can't do when you're on deck is like work on yourself Mm -hmm. because you're constantly waiting with bated breath. For sure for for the idea that one day you'll be good enough or they'll be good enough to move on and so, right. and so for me it's like I'd rather have you on two different playing fields playing totally different Absolutely. games and learning what it's like to be alone or what you miss about each other or what you need to grow by yourself like yep. it's 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 a power play it's manipulative
1: I think manipulative
0: so. Yeah. there we go
1: no i'm with you i think it's um it's basically asking you to stay the same and not change yes. While they go figure themselves out, and all out. of the
0: circumstances change, right? And let's add, let's let's bring Anita's situation into it because Anita, you say everything's the same, and I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly what that looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys are still texting constantly, still sleeping together, he's still asking things of you, and vice versa. Um, but the circumstances, like on the ground, have changed. Absolutely, he is not. Um, he doesn't owe anything to you now in his head. Right. And that is the foundational difference. Right. Things and might look the same, but you're not safe.
1: Absolutely. And that—that that is, of course, the big issue here is that he continues to get the things out of the relationship that he wants, but doesn't have to put anything into it, doesn't have to make the commitment, doesn't have to maintain that trust, doesn't have to do all of the things that are important in maintaining healthy relationships. Right. He just gets to pretend that you're his girlfriend but not actually have to do anything to to deserve that privilege.
0: Right, exactly. And I'm not totally shitting on y- your ex-boyfriend, John. Like I don't think I'm not saying he's instantly a bad person. Like no. when we are hurting, we hurt people, that type of cycle, la 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 la.
1: And we've talked about jealousy on this podcast a number of times. It's like it is a thing that is present even when we don't want it to be, right? right? It's a hard, hard emotion. And feeling to control.
0: Oh, totally. Sam and I were just talking at his dining room table the other day about how the the work I have to do to be not a jealous person is mm-hmm. constant. Yeah, and it's exhausting, but I do it because I know that's the higher head and heart work. Yeah. But going back to John, I'm not I'm not villainizing him here because. Obviously, he's going through something, but I am going to say I'm going to demand more from him. Yeah. Right. And that you have a right to demand more from him. He obviously needs to grow and you cannot grow when you are dragging other people along with you, stringing them along like that type of connection to you it's not forcing him out of his comfort zone and again we talk about this all the time where you grow is where you are uncomfortable absolutely and if he's not made uncomfortable by this transition if he is if he is like fluffing himself with the pseudo like fake relationship that you have he's not pushing himself into any spaces of growth
1: absolutely and you know if his actions around jealousy and breaking up with you don't have any actual real consequences for him then he's not going to learn to that that behavior Ooh. isn't going to work for him anymore. Ooh, that's right? so
0: right. Because the, another thing I want to say, Anita, to you is that you're allowed to have feelings for Benjamin.
1: You are. Absolutely.
0: And you're allowed to be in like have feelings for John at the same time and mm-hmm. be good to John and be in that relationship. Yep. If he wants you to completely ha- like, like put away your feelings about John, then he's going to have to wait. I don't know two to 78 years or how long ever it takes. It takes us to get over somebody, right?
1: Right. Because like we all come into relationships with history, histories, right? And if he wants like a sex doll out of a box that has no (laughs) baggage, like
0: sponsorship,
1: (laughs) then he can buy that. But like, he's not going to get it from a human person.
0: (laughs) Right. And we move on by moving on. Absolutely. Right. By putting our hearts out there. And so I, I think like not to, to villainize John, I don't think that he's a villain, but he has an unrealistic expectation of, like, etch-a-sketching your heart clear, right. yep. you know? And if you were there and capable of loving him well, then I don't I don't see a problem in you having feelings for an ex that left you, right? No. You obviously need to mend your heart and do some work on that. Yep. But— um, As long as you're doing that in a healthy way in which you're not idolizing this past and which you're not uh, using it against John or all of these things. Like, I I think it's possible to be heartbroken for someone and move on at the same time. If not, then none of us would get anything done, (laughs) you know?
1: No, it's true. And relationships are about choices. They're about decisions. Right. And you are making you have made the choice to be with John and not with Benjamin. Right. And not try to pursue Benjamin and try and get him back. Right. You are like making the choice to be with him and that even if you have feelings for other people that doesn't matter because you are still making the choice to stay and love and be kind to and trust and communicate with john right and apparently that's not enough for him but there's nothing else that you can do except for make the continue to make those choices and if they're not good enough for him then he has unrealistic expectations and he's never going to be happy with you or honestly with anyone that has any sort of baggage <laughs> that is coming into our relationship.
0: Yeah. If nothing, I, like going back to, or, or going to the present moment right now, if he is still having you in this influx, right, and, and telling you, having the audacity to say to you that you never cared about the relationship in the first place, like that's right. just, that's some manipulative bullshit. Yeah. But he can't keep you, he can't break up with you and keep you in this negative space and keep you at his beck and call because... Because that's not allowing either of you to grow. So you're right. not crazy. You're not um, losing your mind in, in this weird, awkward state. But I want to say to you, Anita, if nothing changes, then nothing will change. Yep. So something's got to move. Yep. And and I, my darling, want it to be you and your boundaries.
1: Right. I want you to reclaim this narrative. That John has decided to create for you. Yes. Of that you're still in love with your ex and that you are cheating on him. Like, no, 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 no. You get to decide what you want, what your feelings are, and how you're going to set up healthy boundaries to keep yourself safe and healthy and whole. Because John's not clearly not doing that for you.
0: Right. And you get to say... No, you broke up with me, Yep. so you're going to break up with me.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, you broke up with me, so we're broken up now. You lose access to me until yep. you
0: want to change your behavior collectively together in a healthy, happy whole way. Absolutely. All right, Anita, I hope this helps. We are rooting for you. We are on Team you.
1: Yeah, except for you made me say, Anita Dick, <laughs> I'm
0: on there. <laughs> Technically, it was Anita D. <laughs> Which is a little more PG.
1: I have. Yes, true. I have faith that your name is actually Anita, though.
0: (laughs) And I said all of that because. All right. Anyway, Anita, we love you. Thank you so much for writing. Absolutely. to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you, which I obviously love as a somewhat introverted, conflict-avoidant person.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Rocket Money has over 5 million subscribers and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up.
0: That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to Jackets sweaters and hello to shorts and tees i wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune and luckily i found quince now i've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year in the house
1: get warm weather ready with quince go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns that's q u i n c com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash just break up
0: all right next letter is from jenny talia <laughs> you guys are fucking with us today <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to say that I had this, like, oh, so such a Disney pseudo-fling with this girl. Uh, the summer before I moved to Minnesota, I was 21. Uh-huh. Uh, my girlfriend at the time had just broken up with me and crushed my heart into a hundred tiny little pieces. And I, that summer, I spent, like, cuddling with this this girl who identified as straight, mm-hmm. and we never did anything, but we would like go out together, get drunk and then go home and cuddle. It was really <laughs> confusing, but her name, the whole point of this story, I, I still think about her. Um, <laughs> her name was Jen Hatala. Oh, yeah. So I'm just going to give you her full name. <laughs> Birthday. social hey, security Jen, number. what's up? <laughs> hey, Jen, you're really pretty. I hope you're doing really well. I was always a big spoon. Uh. Anyway, moving on. Um, okay, so Jenny writes, oh, good, that name got your attention. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that one. I just really need to get some queer, unbiased opinions on my gay situation at hand. Love it. You can call me M. Oh, wait, by the way. All right. Well, Jenny, M. <laughs> All right. M. All right. M. Okay. Uh, so, oh, they're writing to us from the depths of my girlfriend's closet. <laughs> so here goes. I've been, win, been been with my wonderful girlfriend for coming up on two years now. We did a year together, and for the we did a year together, and for the past year, we have been doing long distance with her being away at college and me being a townie at a community college. We have had our ups, and boy, have we had our downs. We broke up one point five times, okay. but are now Q-Q. back together <laughs> How and do you doing break well.
1: Point five times.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, just Brit.
1: There it is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um okay anyway things are doing uh, things are better than they were before The breakup and not. But now I feel as though we have run into another problem. I've been out for the last four years. All of my friends and family know and they all know and love my girlfriend. However, she is not out. A few of her hometown friends know, but I only have ever met one twice practically in passing for a total of an hour in the whole duration of our relationship. Her college friends have no idea. As far as they know, she is dating a boy back home named Michael. Sam, I felt that eye roll. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you I out. did
1: I did make a face
0: <laughs> Sometimes I'm able to laugh and go along with it I have even made genuine jokes about being Michael But lately it has not been sitting well with me I feel as though I have to keep convince myself that it doesn't bother me I keep telling myself that this is her way of telling people about me uh, I keep telling myself that this is her way of telling people about me dis- Despite the inaccuracy There we go Then again, she only told her college friends because she had to explain why she was crying when I broke up with her. Oh, and if you couldn't tell, her family doesn't know about me either. I've met her parents countless times, but to them, I am just her friend. A lot of my friends that I tell about this have said how awesome that must be because we can just have sex all the time and they'll never question why the door is closed. (laughs) The me I was when we first started dating would have agreed to this, but now I can no longer be her secret. I use. To just feel like a secret, but now I cannot help but feel as though she is ashamed of me. That I am an embarrassment and thus she cannot let anyone know that she loves me. My girlfriend is by and I feel terrible to even admit this next part, but I feel as though she doesn't intend on making this permanent because she has only exclusively dated men. It feels that like I am something she she is not sure of and does not want to commit to me in the sense of loving me out loud. Like, she isn't sure this is will work out, so she's just seeing how it goes. I know she loves me, but I simply cannot be loved only in Jeeps or behind closed doors anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not in the business of outing people, but I am in the business of showing up for myself. As my therapist says, I have intrinsic and inherent value, and no one can take this away from me. I believe that wholeheartedly. I can no longer make myself small enough to fit into that closet with her. I respect where she's at in life. And if it were an unsafe situation for her to come out, I would have have her back 100%. Her safety will and always be the most important thing. However, I have seen her family dynamic and how much her family loves and adores her. Will they be surprised? Yes, probably. Will they be upset? Yeah, maybe for a little while as they are processing it. But the love they have for her is so unconditional, there's not a thing she could do for her family to not cherish every fiber of her. I finally gathered the courage to tell her that This is something I would like to discuss. We agreed that we should discuss it when she comes home for break. I know I need to be sensitive to her. I know the closet is not a fun place to be. I want her to know I love her. But at what point do I stop bending? I feel like the smaller I get, the easier I am to hide. The longer I let this go, the more it becomes my fault. I know what needs to be done. I know this talk needs to happen. I have done the heavy heart work. And I know my happiness cannot be put in the closet. So... I guess what I'm asking is, am I doing the right thing? And if I am, how do I deal with the grief after? How do I be sensitive to her situation but show up for myself? I'm so scared that we will get five years down the line and I will want to marry her. But how can that happen if no one knows about me? I don't want to throw away these good two years that we have we've had together, but I have no more bend left in me. I love your podcast a lot. And if it weren't for you guys, my car would be a whole lot lonelier. (laughs) Thanks for all the great work you do. I love you, too. Oh, that is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, well, I'm going to call you Jenny because that's what you wrote, girl. Um, Actions have consequences. (laughs) That's
1: right. That's right. Um, We're establishing
0: boundaries. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Jenny, I love this letter so much and you wrote it so beautifully. You are absolutely right. I have chills saying this, that you have intrinsic value and, and you're... The questions you are asking are all right. Mm-hmm. You don't deserve to bend so much that you are put away. You're not a you're not a dirty little secret. You're nothing right. to be ashamed of, and I know you know this. I'm just reiterating it because I'm so damn proud of you for knowing it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I also, before we jump into this letter, I know that I led this episode with a rant about bisexuality. And I just want to clarify to everyone out there and my friend Jenny that I don't think this is a situation of bi erasure. Right. Mm. Like this is to me, this is not someone being like uh, Jenny's comment about her going like not being able to commit fully because she's afraid of going back that she's going to go back to men. It Mm. to me is more about internalized biphobia and shame you know mm-hmm. what her girlfriend is feeling about herself and the legitimacy of this relationship right yeah. um that jenny's not doing anything to erase her girlfriend's queer identity Yep. would you agree
1: yeah i would agree with that okay
0: i just want to clarify that because i led with the bi rant yeah um
1: no i took that to mean that she's just she thinks that her girlfriend is is not fully sort of feeling her bi and is sort of having this idea that she's going to marry a man because that's like the right and conventional thing to do. Right. Or
0: not even the idea, but the sense that's a possibility in her brain or her mm-hmm. body chemistry, yep. it 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 makes everything feel invalid. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um when I was younger and I was uh dating my first girlfriend and my second, I thought About those relationships after I left them as times of experimentation, even though I was madly in love, (laughs) even though I loved our sex and have continued to have sex with women. Like, it's so funny how we invalidate our own life's narrative because of societal pressures around us. And let's face it, we live in a heteronormative culture, Mm -hmm. um, and I would argue that it's not that everybody is queer. I don't think that. I think straight people exist and that identity is something also to be strong in. Yep. But that I think our cult, our society, the people in it would be a lot more sexually fluid if we lived in a less sexually rigid culture.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? Agreed.
0: Okay, so Jenny, Jenny M. <laughs> um, Yeah. This is something... That will eventually have to come to a head. There's there's there. Like I said to our last letter, nothing will change unless something changes. Yep,
1: absolutely. And I think it's clear to us reading your letter that you being her secret is not something that you want to be anymore. Right. right? You've
0: put in that time.
1: Yep. And I think you have. Put in the head and heart work to get to the point where you're like, you know what? This is not working for me. This is not something that I want to continue to do. It's hurting me. And I need to ask for what I need in this relationship, which is that you're going to have to ask her to start talking about you to uh, her friends and her family.
0: Right. And I love that you just said that so plainly because I'm going to encourage you, Jenny, to normalize this as a part of your couple's conversation. Mm Mm-hmm. And that might be uncomfortable for her for her for a while. Yep. But you're nothing to be ashamed of. Your relationship is nothing to be ashamed of, and you're committed to each other. And that needs to show in actions, yep. right? And to your girlfriend, I would love to say that the more you talk about it, the more you can be proud of your love. Mm-hmm. Like it, your love, it deserves to see the air.
1: Absolutely. Right. Like yep. let
0: it out of the basement. Let it out of the closet. Right.
1: And you don't, you know, you don't have to go into this making demands of, like, you have to tell your parents this week or I'm dumping you. Right. right? But you can go in telling her exactly what you told us. Like, tell her how this makes you feel. Because, because. The, and
0: use the specific words. Right. Like, I think sometimes, um, like, it sounds like you're really good at taking care of your girl and being really understanding. And when we are used to leading with nurturing, we often downplay our own Mm -hmm. needs and our own um, uh, requirements. And, and, and I want you to use the words, Jenny, that you use in this letter, which are, I don't want to be a secret. Mm -hmm. Like I don't deserve this. Right. It makes me feel small and I'm not small, you know? Yeah,
1: for sure. Makes me feel like you are ashamed of me. It makes me feel like I'm not important. Right. Like, All of those things that you're feeling, tell her because um, it's different if we if she if you tell her this and you really explain how you're feeling and she still doesn't care, then she is not the right person for you. Right. She lacks the empathy and caring for you that you need in a partner. Right. And so if she's unwilling to be able to do that, then you know that it's not the right person for you.
0: Right. And I also want to add like my my closing advice for you is going to be two part. Um, one that your girlfriend deserves some bi representation in her life. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we don't have a lot of that. Uh, truly, yep. Unfortunately, we. I didn't grow up knowing any bi characters. I barely grew up knowing any gay ones. Like no, I. I period. Born in the eighties, did not know any gay characters until maybe late nineties.
1: Ellen? Like, yeah, Ellen, Will and Grace. Right. Yep.
0: Um early 2000s and bisexual characters are even more rare. Like I, I can you name one?
1: Um the character on The Good Wife whose name I'm forgetting. She's the investigator. She's bisexual.
0: Great. Um <laughs> uh um the woman who played Scully on X-Files? Yeah. Oh, Gillian Anderson. Yep, in the British Netflix show about a murderer. <laughs> what
1: is that called? The The Fall.
0: Uh yes, The Fall. Yeah. The Fall. She's bisexual.
1: That's a good one. And also, yeah. Jeremy Jamie Dornan is in that, and he's very good looking, but yep. a murderer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Typical. Am I right? <laughs> right. <laughs> said you that can't be- get one without the other. You <laughs> know what that I mean? Before. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway this is Jenny this is all to say I would encourage your girlfriend um to examine some of this right mm-hmm. because it's confusing I'm I'm sort of glad that we paired this letter with my rant this morning yeah. because it shows you that like as a 32 year old woman who has been in queer relationships since I was 18 I'm yep. still unpacking this I'm still struggling with what with the fact that I'm real. Yep. And that my love is real and that my preferences are real and that and and that no one else can tell me different. Like like nothing else in culture can take that away from me, no sure. matter how much it feels like it. Yeah. So I would really encourage you to encourage your girlfriend to look into that, to look into buy shame, to buy erasure, to to buy phobia, and hell, like have her listen to this episode and have her listen to episode four.
1: Honestly, like I was just <laughs> going to say that maybe have her listen to this segment so that she knows what what you are going through. Or if you don't want to do that because you don't want her to hear our advice, what if you just read the letter to her? Like yeah. what if you were like, here's what I submitted to this podcast because this is how I'm feeling. Right. Cuz it's beautiful, it's eloquent, it's very well written and I feel like it evokes real empathy. Yeah. Um and I- and I just think that it you have already done this work of figuring out how you're feeling. So why not use that as an opportunity to share with her as well?
0: Yeah, I totally agree, except for um me, I would I would change it to a letter personally to her mm-hmm. because sometimes it can put make people feel on blast yeah. like the public aspect of it all. For sure. Um and my second piece of advice is is what Sam and I have been saying is that you need to have a very forward advocating conversation with your partner for you your heart your safety your happiness and your future Mm -hmm. you're just right you can say to her like listen like we either stay together or we break up and i can't stay together like this yep there are two options you know you you stay in the closet forever and we get married in a dungeon (laughs) 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 and don't tell anybody in the Photography is terrible because there's no lights.
1: For sure. Yep.
0: Um. Or or you start this long journey into yourself. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Rumi, for the quote. Um. But I'm serious. You start the long process of unfolding and of yourself, your identity, better understanding yourself and better loving yourself. And Absolutely. and she deserves that, and so do you. Absolutely. Thanks, Jenny, for writing. We love you, and we believe in you, and we forgive you for your name. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, our next letter comes from Brian Varvaro, who's writing from Colorado. Hi, guys. So I don't really have any relationship advice to ask, which is symptomatic of a bigger problem. I've never been in a relationship at all, and I'm 30 years old. I've never even been on a date or had any intimate contact with a woman. After 30 years, it's becoming a real drag. So much of the dating advice for people my age or the memes on your Instagram page are about moving on or learning from past relationships or dealing with exes and all sorts of things I just can't relate to at all. I don't feel so much like this makes me less of a man or that anyone will judge me Mm. negatively for this. More than anything, I'm sad for having missed out on years of potential relationships and experience, Mm. particularly since I have had a long history of depression and anxiety that has fucked up my life in just about every other way. I can't imagine anyone ever being attracted to me. I'm really fat and socially awkward. So I've barely even attempted to approach women and didn't start until I was 26. One girl I got platonically close with last summer cut me off entirely after a few months when she realized how much of a friendless loser I was. And that wrecked the tiny amount of self-esteem I had managed to develop over the last few years. I guess if I had to put this in the form of a question, I'd ask how you would deal with decades of loneliness Mm -hmm. and being single and feeling like an alien who doesn't fit into the world and is completely undesirable in every way. Thanks.
0: Brian, thank you so much for writing and for the vulnerability Mm -hmm. in your letter. Absolutely. I know that you feel like an alien and really isolated, but I guarantee you there are people listening to this podcast right now who heard themselves in your words. Absolutely. Who heard their diary entries read aloud right there. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to... Be really blunt with this letter because I really want to shift something. I want like a cosmic shift to happen. Sure. And um, I hope I hope you will be um, along for that with me, Brian. I want to start out by saying that full stop in this moment, promise yourself that there will be no more negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you've thought about yourself. I don't even care what you believe about yourself in your bones. But no no good change will happen in your life in, until you start speaking more kindly about yourself. Absolutely. You use words in there that make my heart hurt hearing them. Mm-hmm. To know that you walk around in your body thinking that about yourself. And I know that's true. I know you do think that. But... Something has to change, and and the first step is the way you talk to yourself. And it's gonna sound really cliche, and it's gonna sound really hippie woo woo bullshit, (laughs) self love, blah blah blah. Hashtag Instagram, fucking whatever. I know how easy it is for our inner critic, our inner hatred, to scoff this shit off, right? Yep, to make it to be like, oh, that's so fucking lame. You know, like. Yep. That's not real. That's like a fucking filter, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But Brian, I hope you hear the sincerity in my voice. That like we we can like roll our eyes at all of the self help, self love memes out there, but at the end of the day, you will make no internal change in your heart, in your relationship with yourself, and your relationship with others if you don't st- change the way you talk to yourself.
1: Absolutely. And I um, I have also had trouble with negative self-talk right like um and going to therapy and talking that through has been incredibly helpful for me and one of the things that my uh therapist told me was like when you get into that spiral of self-hatred that happens in your head where you're just like you're doing this wrong and this wrong and this wrong and you're awful and you're stupid say to yourself out loud it's okay sam like say your name and say it out loud and i want you i want to tell you that like I've been on this this head and heart work journey for a very long time and i say it's okay sam to myself at least twice a day totally like at least twice a day to stop that that spiral of negative self talk that happens because i would the things that you said about yourself in this letter i would never say to another person right right and you are saying them to yourself right like that is just that pain Like I can just feel it and I, and I want you to, to, to change that language. And it doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm the most handsome person in the world. Right. It just has to be like, I am whole, I am lovable, all of the things that we that we say on this podcast all the time. And it's going to sound really stupid at first. It's
0: going to sound really <laughs> cheesy because we're not saying this pain or these feelings aren't real. Like, no, you totally have been real. struggling with depression and anxiety. Like, yep. you do feel like you don't fit in. We're here to validate that, but but that will not change Absolutely. until your inner monologue changes. Absolutely. Truly.
1: And the th- when saying it's okay, Sam, when I started saying that, it felt like bullshit.
0: Right. It felt <laughs> like you were like...
1: It didn't feel real. I was like, it's not okay. I can tell you it's not okay because, like, all of these thoughts are racing through my head. But then the more that I said it, the more it became a habit that I began to believe it. And, like, yeah, no, you're right. It is okay. Right. I don't have to think this way. I can stop those thoughts and I can just move forward.
0: One time I was, um, like, fucking with my hair in the mirror and I said something like, ugh, like, this looks so ugly or something like that. And my mother said, don't say that, Sierra. When you say things like that, you create that inside you. Mm. And I'm not saying like that manifested like all my back knee in high school, right? (laughs) I'm not that woo-woo to think that our idea." our physical our words affect our physicality yep. um but the way you talk to yourself matters brian yep. the way you talk to yourself matters and my first challenge is to you is to wake up and spend the whole day trying to be kind to yourself mm-hmm. and what would that look like what would that yep. actually physically look like if you woke up and said okay, I am going to be kind to myself today. I am going to like myself today. I'm going to celebrate the things that I do right. And I'm going to forgive the things that I do wrong because Mm -hmm. I'm just like a messy human next to all these other billions of messy humans that won't be able to intimately relate to me unless I start relating to myself. Mm -hmm. Unless I start being kind to myself. How do you learn the language of love? Truly, it's with yourself first. Yep. Um, the second thing I want to talk about is the fact that we were talking about how negatively you were talking about yourself. And I heard the viciousness in your voice or like not even the viciousness, but like the resigned self-loathing, yep. right? Yep. And the w- one thing I want to challenge about the things you said about yourself is that, um, to be fat is not synonymous with being unlovable. Mm-hmm. To be fat is not synonymous with being offensive. It's it's not a crime. It's not unattractive. Our culture is fat phobic. Our culture yep. is anything but a slim body um, is offensive to America, right? Yep. And
1: and like a personal failing too. Totally. Right? Like, totally. It's your fault, and you are awful because of it. You're a bad person right. because you let yourself get this way.
0: And we're here to say that is totally backwards negative self-talk that's just not true right my a wonderful friend um and poet named caroline rothstein she talks about how um she she struggled with eating disorders her whole life and she she said a, a, a huge realization that she came to was that um, she was going to stop saying, I feel fat. I feel mm. fat because fat's not a feeling. Mm-hmm. It's not like a negative, like, oh, I feel depressed. Like, oh, I feel so stupid. Oh, I feel fat. Like, it's not. It, it, it is a state of being that's not offensive. It's not, it's not an um, insult that you can throw at me. That won't mm-hmm. hurt my feelings because I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah. And so this self-love journey, this journey that will lead you to the intimacy of other, Yep. like to make you feel less stranded on this weird planet that we're on starts with this type of unpacking of all of the indoctrinated self-loathing that we learn as children yep. that gets reinforced forced by the by by the media, by advertising, by the people who don't love us. Like Absolutely. I can tell that this time of loneliness, this this past decade that you've been alone or that you haven't had any intimate partners, it's reinforced everything that the world has told you about yep. yourself. And and we're here to tell you that shit is not true. Yep. But it's going to take some mental work and some intentional mental work to to rewrite it.
1: For sure. Um I also want to say that We're sort of throwing a lot at you right now. And of course, like, it's easy for us to say this stuff, being away from your own head, like we're on the outside looking in. Um, And I just want to say that this is going to be a hard journey to sort of change the way that you're thinking about yourself. Um, And so be easy on yourself in that process, too, Right. right? Like, Be gentle to yourself, like learning to be gentle to yourself is important, but also like being kind to yourself in this process is important. Right. You are not a horrible person for hating yourself. Right. It does not make you a bad person. It does not make you unlovable. You are still an amazing, wonderful person, even though you hate every part of yourself. Right. We see it. We can see it in you. We can feel you reaching out and trying to find that love in the world. And I want to tell you that no matter how awful you are to yourself, you can't diminish the goodness inside you. Right. And so don't use this as an excuse to hate yourself more because you are not making the progress that you want to make.
0: Right. I also want to uh, echo the idea of gentleness, to be kind to yourself, to 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 rewrite your narrative as someone who is going to be open to your own goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to talk for a minute about loneliness and because I, I want to just I want to let you and the listeners just know that like I know what that feels like, right, to feel lonely and how loneliness is a is a, is a particular kind of physical pain, mm-hmm. right that loneliness can chill you in a way that no weather or no temperature can and um, and I want to acknowledge that loneliness. Brian, like that loneliness is real and it's okay to mourn it. It's okay to grieve the person that you were Mm -hmm. throughout your twenties. It's okay to grieve that time that you feel like you lost, Mm -hmm. but I don't want you to in that grief. I don't want you to lose the time you have left. Yep. I don't want you to lose the future. Your life is now. Yep. And I know that sounds cheesy as fuck. Like, <laughs> honest to God, I hate half of the shit that I'm saying today, but I really believe it. Like, cosmic shifts can happen. Yep. Huge swings in your energy can happen. And yes, it is only one moment, one choice at a time. It is one, it's okay, Sam, at a time. Yep. But that's how change happens. It's the build up of small, intentional, mindful actions and... We just want to send all of our love to you, Brian. We want to send all of our good energy and our support and really hope that this slowly starts shifting your inner monologue and the way you see how the world is available to you. Yep. The last thing I want to say, because I think something unique to your situation is that you feel like you struggle a lot with anxiety and maybe some social anxiety. You said that you felt awkward. And that's something that a lot of our listeners can relate to. Mm-hmm. And like a, a true, real barrier in life, right? Like yep. we are not taught social skills when we are, in school. No. Right. We're, and we're and we're and we're definitely not taught them by our parents sometimes. Right. <laughs> or by our upbringing. Yep. And and add to that. Sometimes there are chemical balances in our bodies that make it hard for us to have this these authentic, um, smooth, you know, like mm-hmm. cool, situ- like look at me being so chill and cool. Yep. You know, yep. that's hard, you yep. know. And I just want to add one more thing before uh, we move on, Brian, is that I have spoken to a lot of uh, loved ones who have felt like they really struggled with social anxiety and social awkwardness. And they overcame a lot of that through building up some online communities by being a part of some Facebook pages Mm -hmm. or Facebook page groups or whatever, or... um, Trying to meet through people through online dating, I would honestly suggest OKCupid because you can develop more of a conversation and more of a um, social, uh, more of a uh, wide. What am I trying to say?
1: Like the profiles are more in depth.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Thanks. I can be hella articulate until it comes to like the words like profile, face, bio. <laughs> um and I I that's like the last piece of tangible advice I wanna give you, other than this huge like verbal hug. Yep. Um that like it's okay, just like Sam said, like you don't need to hate yourself for being awkward. Like that's just something to work with, right? Yep um and sam and i really believe in you and we're really grateful that you wrote in
1: absolutely and i just do want to say one other thing which is that if you are not in therapy already i think that uh finding a therapist to talk to some of this stuff to um is going to be really helpful for you i think that it's very possible that you can Uh, make that journey to self-love on your own but having someone to help guide you there is going to be even more helpful so
0: yeah this goes to everybody what a great thing about a therapist is like you're on your own like journey we're all on our own journey and therapists are the people who it's like let's imagine we're all on a race (laughs) we're in a race (laughs) but it's a one person race and everybody has their own track (laughs) right (laughs) and things like therapy and you know, our podcasts and self-help books and and things like this and all all our blind dates. Mm -hmm. We're running this marathon with a blindfold on. We don't actually know where we're going. We're just putting energy in the direction of where we think we want to go. And things like therapy therapy help push us along the side mm-hmm. like so that we don't run off into the ditch yep. right that we don't stop and and cry in the corner because we don't know where to go like yep. it motivates us it tells us which direction to go it, it gives us gentle nudges it keeps us on track mm-hmm. and most importantly it like affirms the whole fucking journey for sure so yeah Brian we really believe in you we 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 really believe in this work um and we hope that we, you find some comfort in this
1: absolutely thank we, you so much for writing
0: we love you All right. Our last letter is from Anonymous, who is writing to us from The Void. I also want to shout out uh, two people who wrote us with pretty similar questions. Okay. Um, and kind of, so I'm kind of like lumping them into this one question. But I want to shout out Anne from Finland and Hope Jackson. Um, and I, I want those two to be keeping, keeping their ears open to this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sierra. First off, your podcast is everything to me. Currently, I'm in a much happier, healthier place than I was previously for the past four years, but I listen to each episode, as many of your listeners, coming from a place of heartbreak. I'm thankful to have your words to listen to each week now, but constantly think back about how helpful and healing this podcast would have been for me had I found it when I was stuck in a cycle of abuse with my ex. And I thank each of you for giving your time, energy, and love to us listening who are still coming out of dark places. I'm in my mid-twenties. I have been with my boyfriend for about six months, and though we haven't been together for long, I know I've found a good, true love. The love we shared together has been so simple, so present, so healthy, so life-changing that it makes me emotional even writing about it now because I did not always know good, true love existed. Before this relationship, I was in an emotionally and physically abusive relationship. Relationship with a person for four years. Emotionally, my ex continually lied to me, cheated on me, manipulated me, and turned me into the quote crazy girlfriend who was constantly paranoid and filled with anxiety. Our relationship was the definition of codependent. Physically, my ex would use his size and strength to intimidate me when he was angry or upset. He would yell at me in public or at home. He had pushed me, locked me in the rooms with him, grabbed me by my clothes, and broke things in our homes. It took me many years into, uh, into the relationship to realize that I was being abused. Because he never slapped or punched me. He never left me with bruises or made me bleed. He wasn't hurting me in the ways I had been conditioned to view abuse. So I didn't realize I was right in the middle of it. My years with him traumatized me in many ways, and I have carried over some of those triggers and worries into my new relationship. My new boyfriend is beyond amazing and patient with me and my fears. He is constantly telling me that I'm safe now. He tells me that we can work through this together. He listens when I need someone to talk through my memories or my feelings. I have him in him more than I ever thought I would have in someone. But the problem is I still find myself thinking about my ex. I still find myself wanting to reach out to him. I still wonder if he thinks about me, if he misses me, if he loves me still. I still have so many unanswered questions about the extent of things he did to me, about the lies he told, about why he acted the way he did and treated me the way he did. Abuse is complex. It's hard to explain to someone if they haven't been through it themselves. But just because someone walks away from abuse doesn't mean it's over. I still live with the emotional baggage of this every single day. I guess my question is, how do I completely move on and accept non-closure with this person and life experience? What are the best ways to put this behind me so I can fully focus on my new relationship? Oh, Anonymous, y'all are killing me today. I've teared <laughs> up like four times already. Oh, okay, what a beautiful letter. Thank you so much for putting this all out there. And, and, and thank you for writing and trusting us with it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you want to start, Sam?
1: Um, I just want to start by validating that everything that you're feeling is completely valid, Right. right? Um, I think no matter how awful people can be to us, we can still wonder what they're doing, if they still think about us, if they're still in love with us,
0: we can miss them,
1: right? We can, like, no matter how awful. Uh, People are to us like we can still remember the way that they made us feel when they like turned all of their attention on us and said that we were beautiful. Right, right. We can miss that feeling. We can miss that, and so, and that doesn't just get shut off if that person is an asshole to you. Like if that person is abusive, like that, and in some ways it's even heightened too. Right. Right, because of the the extremes of the ups and downs in abusive relationships, like it can be hard to be in something that is steady. When you are addicted to that high. Right. Right. And so I just wanna say, yeah.
0: Totally. We get it. Right. Yes. Yes.
1: Absolutely to everything that you said. Yes. It makes sense. It there's you a reason why it.
0: I tacked on two other names to this. There are countless letters that we read about saying I miss the highs and lows or is this real love? I can't tell because it's so constant. Mm-hmm. Right. Or it's so consistent. Yep. It, it doesn't has have the dips and spikes that I'm used to. And also to what you were saying, Sam, like so often in these um, codependent toxic abusive relationships people withhold their affection um in a way or manipulate their affection in a way that when they do turn it on you it is like it is like the most powerful like relief Mm -hmm. to the to the biggest wound you have it's like it's, it's like i walk around when i was in I'm thinking of a specific relationship, but when I was in this relationship, I was so anxious and I was so nervous all the time. And I constantly felt like I was walking on eggshells. And when my partner would show affection to me when she was kind, it was like, it was like the most intense salve. It was like the most intense breath of air. Like, oh my God, I'm free. I'm safe. I'm safe for this moment, you know? And that type of ecstasy, the relief that you have not infuriated them mm-hmm. or the relief that they're not mad at you or they're not going to f- harm you or or whatever is like a drug.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and I like,
1: literally like your brain is flooding with chemicals at right, that moment. because of the relief. Yeah.
0: And I just want to say to Anonymous and everybody out, out there that that relief isn't love.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: That is not what love feels like. Absolutely, you are feeling a flood of endorphins because your body thinks you're now safe. Mm-hmm. And let's equate that to a car accident, right? Like a car skids out in front of you, and your body's afraid, your body's tense, and then it doesn't hit you, and the re- the rush of endorphins mm-hmm. that that is not love. No, that's you cannot build a relationship on it. But we all do. We all do because it's such a good feeling. It is. Yep. Um. I wanted to uh, another reason why we picked this letter um, is because of the theme in it that we do read in a lot of other letters of 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 healing in the long term. Mm. Like, what does it mean to be past this abusive relationship and still picking out slivers of them from me? Mm -hmm. And I think Sam and I are here to just say, like. This is this is it. (laughs) This is what it's like. Yeah. Is that you do still heal years later.
1: For sure. It gets easier for sure. Right. Like. Yep. Like the process of healing becomes easier, but there is never a point where we forget the harm that our exes have done to us. Right. Like there is not a point where you don't always, you don't feel it in you at some moment. Right. Right. But, um, but that's okay too. Right. Like the, those feelings, those experiences, um, they are what make us human and right. they they help us to become better people in the long run right and so it might it might feel overwhelming right now because it is happening so often or because you can't sort of get out of that headspace. Um, but I will tell you that it does get easier as you go along
0: right and it's also um I, I want to clarify one of the things that we're echoing is that um you can wonder about your ex you can you can wonder how they're doing if they still love you but i want to point out anonymous that that is an extension that's an that's an after ripple of that codependency of mm-hmm. that he, this person is being silent or or angry at me so i need to go tend to them yep. i wonder if they miss me i wonder if they still love me because they haven't reached out like yep. that that desire to go there and to make it better, that is that is an extension of your codependency. Yep. Um, and don't get me wrong, girl, like I relate to this so hard. I mm-hmm. relate to this so hard. Yep. Um. But Sam and I are here to tell you that there is no joy or closure to be found in seeking those answers. Mm-hmm. All of the closure is within you. Yep. You just need to access it. You need to articulate it. You need to like carry it around for years. <laughs> you know, yep. you need to apply it to your current relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I want to validate like that. It's so normal to look back like that, but I really want to urge you to start um, redirecting some of those thoughts. And, I, and I'm going to talk about how to do that in a minute.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so in terms of like moving forward, in terms of like how do you reconcile this how do you deal with grieving years after still and since this on still you know like i'm still <laughs> fucking thinking about this dick um, uh first thing it's like anonymous i want you to deny yourself the the pleasure of denial <laughs> right does uh-huh. that make sense or no?
1: <laughs> I'm just I'm intrigued to see where this is going.
0: <laughs> well, kind of like what we were saying before that there's comfort. There's comfort in like being like, man, if I still think about him, did I make a mistake or is there is there love there still like does he regret this like will he ever be able to explain what he did mm. will i ever see the good side of him again that mm-hmm. i the good side that i know is there yep. the way i talk about my ex is like it was like a wolf a wolf and then turned back into a person mm. you know and like I, I know the person's there maybe the person can explain it if i could just get the the person on the phone yeah. right yep. but But the reality is that the wolf and the person are the same person Mm -hmm. and I cannot um, find comfort or even trick myself for a moment in finding in hoping that I can talk to one and not the other. Absolutely. And I can't and continuing with the idea of like. um, Accepting fully that two realities can can exist at the same time, you can A, be happy in this new healthy relationship and still, and B, still be healing over this t- past toxic one. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just go away. You can s- love your new partner and still think of your ex. Your ex can be a terrible person and you can still miss him. Yeah. Right. Yep. So just the idea of like denying that those things can't exist altogether, I guess. Sure. Um And Another thing that I wanted to talk about was the idea of these, like, we, we've been trained to worry about our abusers. Mm-hmm. They taught us that. Yep. And I went to, like, this mindfulness retreat a couple um, months ago now. And um, they talked about, like, mindful habit building and how the facilitators said it's harder— to break a habit, a bad habit, than it is to build a new good one. Mm-hmm. And he suggested instead of trying to break a bad habit, build a new habit that will eventually push the bad habit out mm-hmm. by spacing your life and time. Yep. Um, and he also suggested this idea of habit stacking, of like connecting a new habit that you're trying to build to an existing habit. Okay. Yep. You with me so far? I'm with you. <laughs> like, that's how people can learn how to floss relatively easily, other than the fact that it's horrible. Um, <laughs> just kidding. It's really not horrible. <laughs> no, I've, I've learned to like it now. But it took me a long time, right? But yeah. people can habit-stack the flossing onto brushing their teeth because it's just something they do every day, Right. right. Um, he brought up the example of like he wanted to work on his posture. So for the 10 minutes he walked his dog every day, he, he that was he called him posture walks. So that like that's when he stood up really, really tall mm-hmm. that during the time. And so I want to say to you, Anonymous, I'm wondering if you can start when you when you find your mind going there, when you find your mind going to your ex or 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 thinking about how he thinks about you or wondering if there's any reconciliation to be done or or understanding. What habit can you add to that tick, to that twitch? What habit can you add to um to redirect your mind? Kind of like the it's okay, Sam, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. What what's what can you add to that behavior that will help redirect your heart to a healthier place?
1: Yep. No, I think that's great. And whether that's an affirmation, a mantra that you say to yourself, whether that is um, closing your eyes and taking a deep breath, like Mm -hmm. whatever it is that sort of helps you clear that, because then it just becomes so much easier to learn how to stop those thoughts when they're happening, Mm -hmm. because we can we can be smarter than our brain chemistry. Mm -hmm. Like we can figure out how to redirect The ways in which our brain has been taught to seek pleasure out of things that we don't like, Mm -hmm. Um, but it does take time and it does take intention. And I think that you like this is what you want, right? This is you want to be away from your ex and you want to be fully engaged with your new partner. So what are the intentional things that you can do in order to get to that point?
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, and adding a splash of forgiveness to all of this, yes, right. <laughs> a little sprinkle of forgiveness, right?
1: Exactly. You are not a bad person for for thinking about your ex, for mm-hmm. missing your ex. You are perfect and wonderful and whole, and you can, um, and you have the capacity within you to achieve what you want in this moment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for writing and trusting us with this anonymous. I hope this brings you some comfort in the coming months. We love you. We love you. All right. That wraps up episode 36. (laughs) Gonna forget again. (laughs) Uh, That brings us to the blind date segment of this show. Every episode, we like to shout out something we want to send you home with. This week, we're going to set you up with...
1: An Instagram account called Personals. Personals. Uh, Yeah. So Personals is literally that. So it's people who have submitted... Um, stats about themselves and what they're looking for Cute. Um, and it's specifically for um, lgbtq communities um, which is fantastic and so if you go on it like i'm just looking at the most recent one um, it says ginger of your dreams 22 and 99 percent vanilla femme weed smoker babe beginning my phd in cell and molecular biology let's dab and talk about your favorite our our favorite terrible rappers Museum dates, playing pool on Netflix, docs will ensue. Spoon me and my dog, and I'll be yours. And then it has their Instagram handle.
0: That's cute. I would swipe left on that person. Is that no? Yeah. Yeah, I would swipe left on that person. <laughs> okay. Well, but that's cute. <laughs> I'm
1: not saying you have to date every one of them, Sierra.
0: <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not. I would just experiencing it
1: <laughs> um and we actually got this suggestion from um an instagram follower of ours helga.hufflepunk 394
0: helga thank um, you so much for your support has
1: been an awesome fan of the podcast and has um shot a lot of really great stuff our way so um it's called personals it's underscore personals underscore um and it's on instagram
0: awesome that sounds great
1: All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod.
0: You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes. But most importantly, you can submit all questions about, wait, you can submit your questions about (laughs) all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com. That's also where you can find our merchandise. Check out our new sweatshirts. T-shirts, bags, bags, phone
1: cases, coffee
0: mugs—amazing! All saying cute, snarky ass things from the show.
1: (laughs) Uh, Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review where you listen to your podcast. Uh, Also, feel free to check out our Patreon as well. You can support us for $5 a month on Patreon.com, and every week you will get a bonus episode. $5 a month for a bonus episode every week. Patreon.com slash JustBreakUpPod.
0: Original music recording and editing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, time's up. You have been cruel to yourself for too long. It's time to turn down the volume of your negative self-talk. It's getting old. It's not taking you anywhere. And time is of the essence. Life is short. Life is happening right now. Give yourself the gift of radical self-acceptance and see how far you can grow. And if all else fails.
1: Just break up.